ADHD isn't a bad thing, and you shouldn't feel different from those without ADHD. Remember, you are not alone. There are others going through the same thing. Adam Levine Hello everyone, welcome to the fifth episode of How Are You? Really, with your host Nick. And today, as I'm sure you've caught on from the uh, opening quotation, we're going to be discussing Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, which is also known as ADHD. And this is another very common mental disorder, mostly affecting children, but also affecting adults. It is... Pretty much a combination of inattention, hyperactivity, and impulsivity. About 5% of children and about 2.5% of adults have ADHD. It's generally first identified in school-age children when it involves disruption in the classroom or, or trouble with schoolwork. Fortunately, that is a pretty common thing for most children. So this one, this particular disorder is one of the more difficult to diagnose and is also one of the more misdiagnosed of the disorders, which has caused quite a bit of controversy over the last few years, but we'll, uh, we'll get into that later. So let's get into the symptoms and diagnosis for ADHD. So the difference between normal hyperactivity in children and ADHD is the hyperactivity and inattention are noticeably greater than expected for that particular age group, and it can cause great distress, problems functioning at home, at school, or with friends, okay? And generally, ADHD is kind of broken up into three different types but it can really get kind of complex. So you get the inattentive type, which is kind of ADD. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but I think they've kind of just combined the two over the years because they're so similar. But I believe inattentive type is more ADD. Hyperactive slash impulsive type or the combined type. Okay, so hyperactive and impulsive is more ADHD and then the combined type just brings another level of complexity to this matter as with pretty much every disorder in mental illness uh so you know let's just dive right into the first type which is inattentive so six of the following of these things have to occur frequently for you to receive a diagnosis of the adhd inattentive type or add so one doesn't pay close attention to details, makes careless mistakes in school or job tasks, has problems staying focused on tasks or activities, does not seem to listen when spoken to, does not follow through on instructions, and doesn't make complete schoolwork, chores, or job duties. So they may just start the task, but then lose interest pretty quickly and never end up finishing the task that was given. So they have problems organizing tasks in work. For example, poor time management, right? So you get caught up in your own head and, you know, 
may stay too long at work or, you know, leave too early or something like that, you know, which can be not reflects pretty poorly on your professionalism. Avoids or dislikes tasks that require sustained mental effort. Often loses things needed for tasks or daily life. Easily distracted. Forgets daily tasks such as doing chores, running errands, returning phone calls, paying bills, keeping appointments, and so on and so on. So, a lot of these, you know, sound pretty common. I'm sure a lot of you are thinking that, you know, oh, wow, that happens to me all the time. You know, uh, like, uh, you know, forget things or lose things, misplace things that you need for your daily life. You know, we misplace our keys all the time, uh, you know. Uh, accidentally leave your wallet at home or you know stuff like that all the time but this sort of behavior has to happen just so frequently and just consistently that it just could constantly disrupt your life and the flow of everything you know and that's really when you are in the realm of this particular mental illness so the hyper and impulsive type Again, another six of these must be checked off before you are um, diagnosed with it. So fidgets with or taps hands or feet frequently. Not able to stay seated. Unable to do leisure activities or play quietly, I guess, if you're a kid. Always on the go or, you know, they're kind of, it's a little pop culture reference. They're kind of driven like they're the energy bunny. Or Energizer Bunny, excuse me, you know, the Energizer Bunny on that commercial, it just keeps going and going and going and going. That's kind of the catchphrase of it. So put that in your uh, head as a little uh, illustration of this. Uh, they talk too much, blurts out an answer before the question has been finished, you know, or someone who finishes people's sentence frequently or can't wait to speak uh, in a conversation. is incredibly annoying has trouble waiting their turn, interrupts or intrudes on others, you know, cuts into conversations or starts using someone else's stuff without their permission. Also not cool. So what are some treatment options for ADHD? One, as we discussed in previous episodes, is therapy. So behavioral therapy focuses on managing the symptoms of ADHD. So for children, treatment usually would consist of teaching parents and teachers how to provide positive feedback for desired behaviors and consequences for negative ones. This will probably have this concept will probably have its own episode at a further date. It's uh, called classical conditioning, and it's one of the most utilized concepts in uh, psychology. You know, creating. Providing positive feedback, so reinforcing uh, a child or a person's behavior, rewarding their good behavior, and providing consequences for their negative ones to hopefully extinguish that behavior. But we will get maybe more into that down the road. And then adults with ADHD may benefit from psychotherapy. And then that would involve behavioral strategies that would improve the structure and organization in their life. 
So even just identifying, you know, what's what particular symptoms are the most disruptive, what are some little nuances or little, I don't know, little treatments that you can implement on a daily basis into your regular daily routine that might help you function better as a human being. And then the other option generally is medication. The two main types of medication for ADHD are stimulants and non-stimulants. Stimulants have been highly effective treatments, and they've been used for decades for ADHD. There are two uh, stimulant or not two non-stimulant medications. I'm not going to pronounce their names because I will butcher them. So I guess you'll have to Google that one. But they have also been shown to be effective and are a great alternative to those who don't respond well to the stimulants or prefer non-stimulant form of medication. In conclusion, ADHD is one of the more common mental illnesses that has been diagnosed. So if you feel like you are experiencing some of these things and it is disrupting your own life, then, you know, please reach out to a mental health professional and, you know, never forget you are alone like we, uh, like the opening quotation had mentioned. Um, I'd like to just take a couple minutes here to discuss the, uh, the controversy that has arisen with this uh, disorder one of the more controversial ones uh, that we discuss. So over the years, there has been an argument about over-diagnosing and under-diagnosing this particular disorder. The complexity and level of difficulty in diagnosing this is just inc incomparable to the other disorders. Just because you're trying to identify it generally in children right it's i would it's a lot easier i would suspect to diagnosis in an adult because you can identify it a little more but in kids i mean kids are just hyperactive inattentive little balls of energy anyway so it's really difficult to kind of determine between you know a kid who's acting out for attention versus you know a kid that is literally struggling with this uh, impuls impulsivity, hyperactivity, or inattentiveness, you know. And that's led to, in my opinion, and I think a lot of, the majority of this argument, I think, has led to the over-diagnosing of this, which has led to, uh, I don't know, a concept of Generation X, which was the the most recent generation, you know, a lot of people being diagnosed with this and not necessarily having it, having more issues down the road with uh, medication or with their um, temperament and uh, attentive, attentiveness switching later on down the road. So, you know, again, very hard to diagnose. One of the only disorders where you can't have a blood test to test for it. Uh, again, I haven't really mentioned this in any other episode, but there uh, a lot of disorders can be diagnosed with blood tests. But um, 
another interesting piece that I hadn't really considered is the uh, is the time that we're living in right now. So in 2018, we are the most distracted people that have ever probably existed on the earth. Um, and in that, I mean that these kids that are growing up are already given, you know, iPhones with all these social media apps and all these games and all this other stuff that's just right in your hand. And there's add that on to the normal play activities of kids. And there's just so many distractions that can just add to this inattentiveness or hyperactivity. So then that would make it even more difficult to diagnose this, I would think, in this particular time period. So just with that tied into all the other pieces of this has really kind of made it a pretty, one of the more uh, difficult to diagnose, obviously, and makes a lot of people and, you know, parents, rightly so, question a lot of diagnoses on whether or not is it just the kid being a kid or is it a real issue you know and you know i don't have the answers to this obviously and i'm not sure anyone does quite yet but again you know hey thank you all for listening and next week i believe we will be discussing personality disorders so that one's probably one of my favorites so be sure to tune in for that And again, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. This is Nick. Out.